So come on you vixens, big game ahead. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a win. This is Matt Beard, the head coach of Bristol City Women. You are listening to the Bristol City Vixen cast. Welcome to episode 15 of the Bristol City Vixen cast, a podcast all about Bristol City women who play in the WSL, emphasis on the W. Uh, My name is Shahan Mir and I'm joining uh, the co-hosts today, DM Withers and Nab Brown. Hello, Shahan. Hello to you both. And um, of course, because of the lockdown, we are still recording this uh, virtually online. And um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BC VixenCast. We are also on Facebook. And don't forget to like, rate, review and subscribe to us. We're coming to you today because uh, last week's game uh, against Chelsea got postponed due to an outbreak of Snowvid. And so we are covering uh, today's game against Brighton and Hove Albion, which was rescheduled from a few weeks ago. Bristol City have just won 3-0 against Brighton and Hove Albion. There were goals from Yana Daniels in the third minute and a brace from Ebony Salmon in the 34th and 59th minute. It was a super impressive performance in Matt Beard's first game playing at Twerton Park. What did you make of it, Shahan? Well, DM, it was a very impressive result against a somewhat poor Brighton side who are having a bit of a bad run lately, uh, losing 7-1 to Manchester City last week. Uh, Brighton had some players who we all know, uh, Vixens in Disguise, Danny Kirkdyke was, came, came on as a sub, and Katie Robinson is unfortunately out for this season due to an ACL injury. One player we should all know about is Laura Rafferty, who, due to being on loan from Brighton, was unable to play today. The team had a 4-2-3-1 formation with Bagley, Humphrey and Perfield all coming back after missing games due to COVID. The new signing Molly Pike started and wore the, the number seven shirt and Kira Skills came on as a sub. Um, we'll talk more about them later on in the episode. Uh, Jas Matthews made a return to the starting lineup uh, as Faye Bryson was dropped to the bench. Uh, it was interesting to interesting to see Matt Beard's interview before the game when he said um, because of the Chelsea postponement they had more time to train obviously apart from that Sunday when it was just all covered in snow if you saw the social media posts it was amazing Matt said that uh, everyone was fit enough apart from Abby Harrison who had a bit of a niggling issue I don't think you can get a better start to the game than three minutes that 25 yard shot from Yana Daniels do you really think do you think she meant it of course she meant it of course she meant it. She's uh, She's got that up her sleeve all the time. Do you not remember the Birmingham away game when she hit the bar last season? I always like always think like, come on, Yana, shoot more. She's actually, she's, she can kick the ball really hard. I like that about her. Totally meant it. What else was she meant to be doing? Yeah, it was a great effort. It was great to see. I was really pleased to see Yana Daniels um, playing in a more forward position as well throughout the match because that was something when she first played for Bristol in her you know in her first stint at the club she was kind of a winger um, and a centre forward or a number 10 and she, she she wears number 10 so and she's so versatile she can play anywhere on the pitch so it's fantastic to see her in that more advanced role um, bullying the players um, in in that area of the pitch and having a crack and it was a it was just such a, a great start to the match we were absolutely roaring down in uh, down in Eastville weren't we yeah absolutely buzzing mm-hmm. and speaking of all things goal related of course uh bagley had some more action throughout the first half um i don't know if, if anyone saw so on the 12th minute i, I don't know if there was some miscommunication bagley was trying to save 
a ball from Brighton, uh, the orange ball, uh, which the club said was being used in this game for the first time. And yeah, Jazz Matthews had to kick it out, which would then lead to a Brian Throwin. And then some later on in the first half, um, Bagley managed to save the ball or pick up the ball, but then just got shoved by uh, Rihanna Jarrah from Brighton in the box. And then you saw, I don't know if you saw in the footage, uh, Sophie Bagley do like a, like a shrug, like either the ref or, or someone who would have paid attention. Do yes. you think that, do you think all Brown was just out to get Bagley or, or was it just more? I think they were, they're quite a tough team, aren't they? They're quite a physical team, as you can tell from like the other kind of events during the rest of the game. But they're, they're quite a tough and physical team. But I thought Bagley, she was only really busy gathering. That's all she really did all game. She collected the ball with her feet. She was available for passes from defenders and she collected the ball with her hands from a few corners and crosses. Um, I don't think, she, I think you could call it a save, but it something kind of dribbled towards her at one point and she had to kind of pick it up. I think she just dived on it in order to make sure that it didn't bobble over her because um, that penalty box looks a bit dodgy. <laughs> But I mean, she didn't. She wasn't busy, was she? No. In the so, goalkeeping sense, mm. if she hadn't, she you know, she just she could have just been an outfield player today. Yeah. I mean, I did love the line from the commentary uh, just after the 28th minute when uh, he he referred to uh, Sophie Bagley as taking part in time wasting a clock. I just thought it was a really competent performance from from Bagley. She didn't have to, and she got a clean sheet. That's what she deserves. I mean, they protected her really well. The back, in fact, I just thought everybody on that pitch had a superb game. I suppose the only weak spot that we we saw or potential vulnerability was perhaps on that right side um, where, you know, Flo Allen was kind of being slightly exposed sometimes. But I thought just, you know, that's not a problem. I think that's like a formation issue and maybe that can, that can be looked at in, you know, analysis um, where potentially, a, you know, a better side could exploit that. But it was just, it was just great. They played so well, didn't they? Everything, everything they've been working on in training looked like it was paying off I think that and that thing that you're talking about with them looking slightly exposed it was still outside the box and not actually nothing turned into anything and actually only lasted for a short period of time before our third goal in the second half so a few moments yeah just down that right hand side where I thought you know Jazz and and Flo Allen looked a little bit exposed but it didn't turn into it none of those things turned into anything they didn't even turn into proper opportunities for Brighton and then they didn't happen anymore. So I don't know if it was something that just got kind of corrected during the second half because Brighton changed mm. their formation a bit, didn't they? Maybe to try and go down that side a little bit more. But every time they did, it, nothing came of it. Everybody in, in red just played absolutely amazingly today. It was so good to watch. Mm. It was such Indeed. a good time to be a Bristol fan for once. Oh, yeah. Yes. And um, so good. So you, you mentioned about Bagley there uh, jo- uh, just a few uh, seconds ago. Of course, um, the FAWSL revealed on social media that of all the stats for the season, uh, Sophie Bagley's actually made the most saves in the mm-hmm. WSL, which is impressive nonetheless. But when you consider of the amount of goals that Bristol City have conceded already in the season, it is even more impressive that Bagley um, managed to make, I think it was 52 saves this season before today's game. Uh, so that was really great. And um, of course, before we go into in, to discuss more about the second half, we were just waiting for a second goal. And on the very, uh, fifth minute, I, I think I had it read down. Um, yeah, oh, Salmon just did one of the trademark runs. It was absolutely amazing. And the assist from Jazz, that ball through, it was totally um, reminiscent of the goal that Salmon scored against Birmingham in terms of that ball through coming up from Jazz. And what I loved about today is I think when you get to see 
like Jazz's quality as a footballer, you know Bristol are doing something positive in the game because she gets to do something creative. She gets to, you know, show what a brilliant passer of the ball, what like a visionary passer of the ball she can be from that centre back position. And just the way in which, you know, classic Ebony Salmon, it's not just the run, is it? It's not just the pace, it's the strength. And she was being kind of held back. Again, it's like it's almost she's almost like a rugby player, I think, the way she she moves past people. And you know, when she was bearing down on the keeper, she knew she was going to score. The keeper knew she was going to score. She smashed it in and it was just so joyful. Honestly, I just was absolutely roaring with joy because it was so great. And how many times have we seen her do that? It is just brilliant. So, woo! <laughs> just love it. <laughs> and, and and it was 2-0 at halftime. And just before uh, the halftime uh, point, I actually got a message from a fellow City fan that we know. And, and they said, oh, I, I swear the flags could be a bit a, li- a little more straighter. And I said, first of all, one, it's windy. And two, we're winning 2-0. And the only thing you can think of is the flags. <laughs> They, yeah, they were flapping about a bit, weren't they? Yeah, they did. They did look like they needed to be straightened out a bit and, uh, you know, re- rehung, I think, is probably the phrase. Mm-hmm. But you um, know, I'm, I'm not bothered because actually during, during all the other games, I'm usually just staring at the flags. But today <laughs> I was really, really focusing on what was going on on the pitch. So Riveted yeah. to the action. Riveted. It was. It was really good. We played real football. We oh. had a midfield. We were passing the ball. We kept possession. The second balls and We won balls. the first ball. We won the second ball. We were first to loads of things. When we had the ball, we had options. It was it was a remarkable turnaround from the start of, you know, the, the first half of the season. If the second half of the season goes like it did today... Oof. We will be we will be challenging for those Champions League spots. That's what football. we'll be doing. <laughs> That's what we saw today. We saw proper football. Real life football. Mm. While well, we reached that hopeful point in the in the new <laughs> community, um, I just want to discuss one more thing, DM and that in the first half. Uh, yeah, just before halftime, Charlie Wennons did get brought down in the box and a few of the players you could tell were screaming for a, a penalty shout. Did you think it was a penalty or do you think uh, it was just outside the box for the referee not to give it? I thought it was in the box. I just thought I didn't really see anything particularly. I couldn't. Yeah, to be fair, with the camera angles and stuff like that, you can't get any detail, can you? But I didn't. I didn't think it looked like a penalty. I just thought it looked like mm-hmm. it was quite a rough kind of game, wasn't it? And the ref was obviously playing it in the way like you know, if you're going to barge into each other, then I'm just going to let you play on. So I think, um, you know, I think it was just shoulders and stuff. But it was it was really hard to tell, and I've not seen any kind of replays on that. But I don't. I don't imagine it was. I think the commentator mentioned like the fact that there was no replay features available um, for the ground or for the game, so that was a bit unfortunate. So sometimes mm. he um, he just had to make references to what he visually saw. Um, but yeah, I think that was it really uh, from from the first half. Um, but what about assume- the um, the uh, rocket from Amy Palmer that nearly went in? Because that was just this Ooh, amazing yeah. shot that kind of bounced off the back of the she kicked it really uh, hard, back of the, the boards, and yeah. and then it came right out, and it was still people started kept playing because they thought. It hit the post, didn't they? Oh, is that what had happened? I think so, but it was it was a, a great hit. And if that had gone in, oh my God, it would have been amazing. But really exciting to see, you know, Palmer and Daniels both shooting. Yeah, shooting and just letting rip. So let's have more of that, letting rip. Amy Palmer, like, oh, if she does, if she gets her practice better in training, then hopefully she'll be firing regularly like that in the subsequent games to come. Yeah, definitely. It's great. Mm. It's great. It's just, it's positive, isn't it? It's just a positive mm. way of, you know, being on pitch. 
Mm-hmm. Is there anything else, uh, Diana, that you want to say about the first half? Um, not really, no. Oh, Molly Pike. I just thought she was great. She got a great touch. I wasn't sure. We'll talk about signings a little bit later, but I just thought she just she just looked all over the place. It was like in a good way. So she just <laughs> looks full of energy and she's got a really good first touch. And I just, yeah, she just seemed to... What a way to kind of... That's great to fit in like that, isn't it? You yeah. Know, she, she's only really new to the squad. And uh, I just thought great for her to start. And she just looked she looked like she was running it. Absolutely amazing. And yeah, what a great addition to yeah. the squad. Indeed. And yes, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into the transfer day signings uh, uh, later on uh, in this episode now. But um, yeah, so as we move into the second half, there was no subs from Bristol at halftime. Uh, I think the first... No, point I noticed that was really funny was on the 50th minute when the ball went out of play in, right in front of the dugouts and Mad Bear just kicked the ball away to the fourth <laughs> official which I thought was some pretty I think that yeah the commentator acknowledged it and I don't know if I was like pure time wasting to Bristol's advantage or if I'm allowed to say on this episode uh, shit house we if, if you will I think it was, <laughs> you know you file that one under pushing it don't you it's yeah. uh, it was it was definitely, so it was definitely cheeky with. yeah and uh, I think a less that's less generous um ref not that she was that generous because she sold a, sent off a Brighton player but um it was you know definitely pushing it a little bit Matt but nice it's it's a wind up isn't it it's good yes yeah. uh, and of course um the second half was full of more drama uh, like that of course because on the 57th minute there was a handball from Victoria Williams, which led to a penalty for Bristol City. And who was going to take it? Because uh, the last penalty taker for Bristol City has now left the club. We'll go into that later on in the episode. So it was up to the recent birthday girl who turned 20 on Wednesday. So who has the same birthday, a birthday before me, uh, Ebony Salmon, on the 38 minute to make it 3-0. And she yeah. smashed it, didn't she? She they, absolutely uh, smashed it. Yeah, it was great. Because I was thinking that. I was like, I'm, I'm wondering if they've dealt with the issue of penalties because Chloe de Garzo left fairly recently. So I was wondering if they'd have kind of dealt with that. She was actually quite a good penalty taker, wasn't she, Legazzo? She did score some. So, um, but great. Obviously, if you can't have your usual penalty taker, take your centre forward who can hit the ball really hard and it's quite well she knows she knows where the goal is doesn't she that's the expression as as they say that's what they say yeah um and yeah so I was really pleased it was her and um yeah absolutely smashed it didn't she she did didn't give him a chance and I think that's just you know that's what we needed it just killed the game and I think also you know I thought the way we started the second half actually was very positive because we were pressing very high we were if they if they were trying to get Brighton were trying to get any momentum in the game we smothered it in that in those first you know couple of minutes in the second half it was just you know actually it was it was very professional the the performance as well in terms of what you'd you know expect a, a kind of competent confident football team to deliver a result like that so it's it's just super encouraging and and what I loved about it actually was just seeing all those players you know maxing out their potential and and showing us what they can do because that's the kind of Thing I think I've always thought after all those players they are they can do that they can do that Gemma Evans again I thought was just just amazing I just think she's having such a good good season and I've already talked about Jazz being brilliant and uh, just everyone you know they're all great fantastic well done guys and def- and of course speaking of maxing pot- potential one person that lost their potential today was <laughs> Kaylee Green for Brighton well on the 67 minute mm. she had a really nasty challenge on Yana Daniels mm. and nasty. There were some shouts you could hear from the benches, and of course the ref, the referee had no choice but to give Kaylee Green a straight red. So Brighton three three goals down, and now down to ten players. 
Yeah. Do you think that's a straight red? Do you think it was justified? Oh, it was a stamp, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It Awful. was the afters, wasn't it? It wasn't necessarily the challenge. It was the afters. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. She went and stamped on Yana. I think Yana must be an absolute wind up. Don't you reckon? She must be really annoying to play against. But good. I mean, we, we talk that. about we talk about how Yana loves getting fouled just for fun, as you mm-hmm. mentioned that. Exactly. So yeah, now she's into getting stamped on. So just be <laughs> careful, Yana. Look after yourself. Mm-hmm. But keep getting she's sent tough, off. Tough as old boots. She's tough as old boots. That's right. <laughs> the sending off the Brighton. I thought that was just symptomatic, really, of of the rot that has kind of set into that team. In fact, while I was watching Brighton, I was like, that they look like how we were a few, you know, a few few weeks games ago, ago. <laughs> a few weeks <laughs> ago, like just really um, disjointed. You know, we've never really slid into the ill-disciplined thing, which I think is to our credit. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the outcome of, of, a, of a team that's very physical and aggressive in the tackle. You can see how that can happen. You know, ultimately, you've got to be looking at Brighton now and thinking that is the team that probably everybody's thinking are going to get sucked into it in a big way and that we've got to leapfrog. Of course, we'll, we'll get more into like the table and like comparison to the other teams later on uh, shortly. Uh, just looking at the subs of Amy Palmer came off in the 75th minute and Kira Skeels made her debut where now wears the number 29 uh, jersey and then a couple of minutes later Charlie Wellens came off for Emma Bissell or was the commentator like to refer her to Naomi Lazell yeah. and went on talking about <laughs> Naomi Lazell for a few minutes even though it was clear obviously it was Emma B- B- Bissell so it's a it's a similar rhyme scheme isn't it Bissell Lazell yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, yeah we knew they didn't we so it didn't matter yeah it's a very the, distinctive, a, distinctive sort of running style, I think. And a gate fizzle. Yes, yes. And then a few <laughs> minutes later, on the 82nd minute, Carla Humphrey came off for Ellen Jones. In terms of the players, um, I just want to mention quickly about Kira Skills. Do you think what do you what did you two make of her today? I couldn't really, I couldn't really do an assessment. Really, she didn't come on for very long, did she? But I thought she didn't do anything wrong in that time, and she just kind of seemed to have um, pretty good energy and just she slotted in you didn't notice because after the first starting 11 played brilliantly so all the people that came on just kind of seemed to keep it up there at that level which is really really brilliant I don't know what he because the subs came quite late didn't they I didn't know if he was maybe testing their fitness a little bit because you know we've heard that they've been doing a bit of a mini pre-season so maybe he was kind of because he pushed everybody quite far in terms of minutes so I was wondering if he was kind of just testing out their fitness and then just bringing people on when it looked like some of the players needed a bit of a rest but then I also thought maybe he was we've got a busy week haven't we so we maybe certainly he do. was mm. kind of maxing out a few players and then that maybe they'll get a rest I don't know I mean yeah so you, you're right that now and of course there was five minutes at a time on of course due to the various stoppages that happened and of course yeah um, I just want to say like DM and now like did you think now that this was what today could possibly be seen as Mabit's first true game in charge because I think for Everton, I think he kind of used some of the center tactics like Tanya Oxby previously used. Do you did you see any obvious differences? Obviously, other than the than the win, but in terms of like the formation, the counter-attacking or the strategy, do you think there was a lot of obvious difference? Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it looked really different. I think um there was a lot more possession. We wanted to keep the ball. We tried really hard to keep the ball and not always going back to the keeper to keep the ball because sometimes that can end kind of badly for us because if we, you know, if we're playing out from the back, sometimes that doesn't go well. So we were we were using Bagley, but in a kind of like a well-judged way and keeping the ball in midfield a lot better. There's a lot like midfielders are a lot closer to each other. And when Salmon was forward, she was never on her own. 
there was always somebody up with her. Yana Daniels was making it, making her way up there quite a lot. And Charlie Humphrey. Rollins, <clears throat> Carla Humphrey was getting forward quite a lot. So whenever Salmon was going or someone was going, they'd quite often be, you know, by the time she collect the ball and turn to look, there'd be three or four people in the box. And that, that didn't kind of come to anything in terms of goals, but it's not just, we're not, we're not playing really one-dimensional counter-attacking football. We scored a goal exactly through that through a you know long ball to Ebony Salmon but we also won by playing a totally different way so I think now we've just got like we've, we've still got that ability to score through Salmon in that way but we've just got so much else going on today as well it just looked like it looked like a totally different team. They looked re- rejuvenated didn't they and I think they looked energised and they were com- they were looking competitive and they were I think you know as I mentioned before getting to those first and second balls picking them up just having a intensity and and the desire to get those those balls be there first and pick things up and and thinking quickly and yeah it was just I just thought it was was brilliant and really encouraging and and what was different as a watching experience as a fan I didn't feel terrified the whole way through um so I was watching and I I was I kind of didn't feel on the edge of my seat in a feeling of dread I was more just thinking I feel calm I feel like we're in control we managed the game Mm -hmm. you know we managed the game from start to finish we were in control and and the mindset was there that they could go on that pitch and they were going to win and they all look like winners today we haven't seen that and there's a there's a good bunch of players there so I think let's let's kick on let's build on this because it's it's potentially an exciting thing and I think he was he was there and he was shouting um he's a good manager so I think we're in a, you know, we're in a potentially a good place to turn this around. Absolutely, DM. And you, yeah, you mentioned about Matt Bid. Um, he did a post on his Instagram where he talked about he's certain in, in into the club very well. The players and staff are welcoming welcoming him welcoming him very well. And he says he's got his love of football back, which hopefully yeah. no disrespect to the West Ham team or the West Ham fans or players or, or etc. But yeah, I think the change of management or the change of head coaching. Um, is, is clearly been evident and yeah the team is doing very well and they just have confidence again which I'm so happy to see and looking at these stats from today's game uh Bristol City only has 39% possession Brighton has 61% uh, Bristol had 11 shots with Brighton's 10 and Bristol had four shots on target with Brighton's two and looking at the table now uh considering this is the only game being played today all other games that take place tomorrow uh, this round, of course, being rescheduled from a few weeks ago due to the postponement of the FA Cup. This weekend was available for those games to take for these games to take place. Uh, so Bristol City uh, still bottom of the, of the table with, with tw- uh, from twelve games, but now five points, just two points behind West Ham and Aston Villa, who are both on seven. Although West Ham, uh, West Ham are playing Man City tomorrow, and Aston Villa are playing Arsenal tomorrow. Uh, West Ham are currently on 10, 10 games and Aston Villa on 11 games and Bristol on 12. I think that they're difficult matches, aren't they? And all those players have got to play. All those teams have got to play all those difficult teams that we've had to play. We're all in the same boat there. It doesn't get any easier for all of us. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, today's win in the WSL uh, is the first WSL win since tw- the 23rd of February, beating Birmingham away. And the first home win sorry, the first home WSL win since beating Everton on the 24th of March, 2019. Yeah, that's a hell of a long time, isn't it? So long time coming. 
Yeah. So for, for me, as more of a regular Bristol City women fan now, this is actually the first time I've ever seen the team win at home in the WSL. So as yeah, almost been two years. So it's <laughs> finally coming in the end. Yeah. How does it feel? Uh, I mean, if only the fans could have been there, it, it would have been even more special. But yeah, it feels great to um, finally you know get get the first one of the season. I just hope it's the first of many and that will keep the team in the WSL because, I mean, no disrespect to the championship, but this team doesn't want to go down. The fans don't want uh, Bristol to go down. Even other women's football fans, most of them don't really want Bristol to go down. So, And also, when you look at that team, they're not they're not a championship team. They're really good. They've got loads of good players. So let's just build some consistency. Let's use this as a platform to push on, kick on all those things. We're gonna have good days. We're gonna have good days. We're gonna have good days. Thursday was, of course, deadline day, transfer deadline day, and it was also Shahan's birthday, wasn't it? Yes, it was, uh, DM. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank you and Nat for this lovely new headset, which you got for me. Uh, it was a complete surprise because I had an Amazon delivery driver turn up. And I, d- I didn't remember ordering a package. So <laughs> I was very confused as to why he, he was there. But I, I, when I found out it was from you, I, I was just so happy. And I hope I, my beautiful voice sounds even more luscious to, to the listeners who are listening all over the world. Oh, I hope so. With it also being my birthday, um, I also want to thank uh, the club for uh, sending some content over. Um, so I, I I shared a video which I received uh, from the club, which had a happy birthday wish from Jazz Matthews, Sophie Bagley, Charlie Wellens, and Yana Daniels, which I thought was a really nice gesture. And I even had a few players, um, a few staff members tweet. So thank you to the chaplain, Esther Bag, for tweeting. Thank you to Matt Beard for tweeting me a happy birthday. Uh, thank you to Lee Billy for tweeting me a happy birthday. And he's also, which, um, thank you to Tanya Oxby for tweeting me a happy birthday. <laughs> wow, you got the whole, uh, you got the whole royalty there. I mean, that I don't know. Is... I don't, what, what are you doing right there? But, yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, the next thing, the next step up is to get tweets from Mark Ashton and, and the Lansdowne family <laughs> tweeting me a happy birthday. But I'm yeah. happy with what I got so far. And next year, back to the uh, original point, of course, being the transfer deadline day That's in the it. WSL, there was one departure and two arrivals uh we're going to start with the departure of uh, the somewhat unfortunate news of chloe lagarza now leaving bristol city uh we're, we're with only a few months left of her contract has decided to join kansas city in the nwsl in the united states of america yeah now were you expecting this move or did you think she was going to stay in at least until the end of her contract I was a bit shocked, actually. I wasn't sure. I don't. I don't know. I wasn't sure if anybody was coming in for any of our players from the UK. Yeah, I was a bit surprised, um, actually, that someone would would uh, go to the US. But I guess if she's at the end of her contract, and um, maybe they thought about, you know, it'd be best to get some money for her now um, rather than wait till her contract's out, and then it's you can't get any money for that, can you? If someone's free agent, so um, so maybe it was just kind of a strategic one. Uh, from the club on that on that kind of in that respect sure yeah, and I was a bit surprised though yeah yeah it, it was a bit of a shock I wasn't expecting that she was going to be on the move but you know if, if she wants to go she's she's going to go and um, yeah I mean it's a shame I think I think Legazo I don't think she really set the the league alight with her performances I think she was obviously you know she was good but I always felt like she was just um, waiting to come to the boil um, how many of, of our players though have kind mm. of not been 
reaching their potential recently. I think, you know, it's a shame in some respects. I would really like to see what could happen to Chloe Legazzo as the rest of the team get a lift, but that's not going to happen. So uh, best of luck. Yeah, best of luck, Chloe. Thank she you. She likes yeah. to travel. And of course, um, there's two things I want to quickly mention about Chloe Legazzo's, um, well, time of precisely. Um, I tried to tweet Rich Laverty, the man who's known for his women's football stats on Twitter, to see if he had any on, on Chloe Legazzo, but unfortunately he didn't get back to my request. But I think she scored more goals in the County Cup than she did in the WSL, I believe. On the serious point, I believe her girlfriend, the former football player, Mackenzie Berryhill, who retired last year, uh, is still based in the United States. So my assumption is that's one reason why Legazzo chose to move to the United States to be closer with her girlfriend. And the other point I've noticed is she's from Australia. Oz, she's moving to Kansas. I mean, I, I kind of write this Very really good. Uh, Very that's good. That's absolutely why. Yeah, let's get some red shoes next. And a dog called Toto. And how about some incomings? Times two? Yes. Yeah. Shahan, uh, do you know anything about them? Uh, yes, uh, I do. Uh, nah. um, yeah, so there was no permanent sign-ins. Uh, it was just two loan sign-ins uh, made in this transfer window. There was uh, Molly Pike, who joins from Everton, and Kira Scales, who joins from Redden. Kira Skills only signed her first professional contract for Reading last summer and joins for the rest of the season. And Molly Pike, again, um, I believe she played in the FA Cup final for Everton. And yeah, I, I don't remember if she was in the Everton squad a couple of weeks ago, but nonetheless, she, she joins for the rest of the season. And as we saw today, Molly Pike immediately had a huge impact. She, she, she played for the full 90 minutes, of course, and Kira Scales came on as a sub towards the end of the second half. Uh, DM and that, do you think they're going to have bright features here? And could they, like, you know, like Megan Wynn, as a, for, for an example, could become a permanent fixture or permanent addition to the team? Well, time will only tell, but I thought it was very positive. Like, Molly Pike was was very good. And I think she's kind of been a player who's been coming on as a substitute for Everton, probably wants more game time. And you can see why, actually, based on her performance today. She's, you know, she looked look really good. And the kind of player who you know, we, we need really. So, you know, a kind of midfielder who can link and break up and go forward and, you know, do, do all of the things that midfielders should be able to do. So really, really pleased with her as a, as an addition. And I think, you know, kind of like for like really for Legazzo, Legazzo going out, Pike coming in. And obviously we've got Pike and Salmon now. I mean, I know, I know a few weeks ago in the previous episode, we talked about potentially getting players of a certain level or experience um, in. Do you think, it was somewhat unfortunate that Bristol weren't able to do that, or do you feel with the current circumstances with COVID and not many international players coming in or out, do you feel it's the best Bristol could do for now? I think it's it's probably the best they can do for now. Nobody's uh, nobody's kind of done much business this transfer window, have they? So I think it's obviously very difficult conditions in which to do business, football business. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with with what they've what, what they've done. And I don't know how much Legazzo went for, but I hope hopefully it was a a princely sum and uh, that that can only be a good thing for the, the football club yeah and this transfer window we've kind of got more than we could ever wish for which is an entire squad of rejuvenated players I think our squad maxing their potential is more way more valuable than a one or two people coming in if if that's what we've got to do to stay up is just kind of focus on the people we've already got then I'd be really happy with that. But yeah, those two two new ones today made a great impression. Molly Pike especially, but we just saw her for longer. So um, hopefully we'll get to suss out. Is it Kira? Kira Skills. Kira Skills. We'll get to suss her out soon. 
Yeah. Yes, and of course we're still waiting on the in on the recovery from Megan Wynn and Megan Sargent and Jess Willey. Hopefully they'll all be back playing soon. Exactly. So it's all looking quite positive, I'd say. So bring it on. Bring it on. For those of you who follow us on social media, you may have noticed we have been running a competition in association with the Chicken Soul Company uh, who provide uh, chicken salt, as mentioned in our previous episode with Aaron Mastrantonio and the Ladies League. Uh, We've been giving away a bag of uh, a sachet of uh, chicken salt and and a t-shirt from the chicken salt company and the first runner up will receive a bag of chicken salt uh and of course all you all the all you had to do was guess the weight in bags of dm and nat's cat sanjay the competition closed at 12 p.m today uh just before the kickoff of the uh bristol game against brighton and dm and nat do you want to reveal the final weight of sanj in terms of bags and his overall weight yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, so I'll do that if that's okay. Yeah, because you are the primary school teacher. I am the primary school teacher. I am the one responsible for this question. This is a classic SAT style question. Not only do you have to uh, use some of your kind of guessing skills, but you also have to be able to convert measure, which is uh, something I really like to see. Um, so this might be a surprise to many of you. Sanjay is a regular tuxedo domestic short-haired cat but he actually weighs 6.4 kilograms. Which amounts to 85 bags of, 75 gram bags of chicken salt. Yeah, that's rounded down as well. He weighs a little bit more than that. He's a whopper, but he's healthy. Wow. And due to the uh, such high amount of uh, bags that he weighs, unfortunately, everyone that entered came nowhere close to, <laughs> to that final number. So me, Diem and Nat have decided to give... Um, award the first closest and uh entrant which was a fellow west ham fan ali coker who's appeared on the podcast previously congrats to ali um we'll be in touch with you to send you a sachet of chicken salt and a t-shirt and the first runner up uh was uh emma shula on twitter but i I think her real name is emma thatcher who got 66.6 Bag. So congrats, Emma. A sachet of chicken salt is on your way to you. Mm. And we just want to thank uh, thank the Chicken Salt Co. Uh, company for uh, their for the for the prizes. Uh, if you want to find out more about them, please visit chickensalt.co.uk. We just want to thank them for giving a small gift, which uh, DM delivered to the club to give to Ella Mash Antonio on her birthday last week. So so Ella got some chicken salt too. And in other news, and in other news, we've got a couple of. Big matches, haven't we, coming up next week? The small matter of a semi-final in the Continental Cup against championship table toppers, Leicester. Leicester. Leicester and Durham are both on 32 points, but Leicester are top of the table on goal difference. Uh, so, yes, we will be playing them on Wednesday, the 3rd of February at a 7.30pm kickoff. It's the Vixens versus the Foxes. Ooh, I mean, ooh. there we are. Brilliant. And, yeah, and Leicester has some... Vixens in disguise, most notably uh, Olivia Ferguson and uh, Mia Farrow, to name a couple. I'm pretty sure there's more, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. But yeah, Leicester, uh, of course, have become fully professional this season, could pretty much get promotion to the WSL this season. Uh, it's This fixture is, is something I do want to see in the league in the future, ideally in the WSL. But yeah, um, and the of course, the other County Cup uh, semi-final between Chelsea and West Ham is a 5 p.m. kickoff or 5 a.m. It's the first it's the first semi-final before hours. So they're both going to play, be played on the same day. 
and the winner will uh, the winners of both semi-finals will meet at Vicarage Road, the home of Watford Football Club, on Sunday, the fourteenth of March. So, DM and now, are we excited for Leicester? Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited, particularly after today. I think we can do it. I'm I'm confident, not in a disrespectful way, but I think we can do it. Yeah, we can. We it's going to be a good game. I actually think maybe there'll be a slightly greater resistance from them than Brighton. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think we're up for it and um, there's no reason why we can't go and win it. It's it's kind of hard to preview the next league game against West Ham because West Ham haven't played this this weekend yet. They played tomorrow as mm. we are recording this. But uh, it, it's a 3pm kickoff at um, Dagenham and Red, Redbridge's ground. And of course, it'll be Matt Beard's first visit back since he left West Ham in November. Yeah, I think it's interesting because they played last week, didn't they, against Tottenham and they lost 1-0. Obviously, Tottenham are... Are, are in a rich vein of form under their new manager or newish manager, you know, relatively new. It, we, it'll be really interesting. I'm not sure how, you know, how well the new West Ham manager is doing. And I, you know, I certainly think, you know, Matt Beard will, will be very motivated to get a result there. Yeah. And regardless of that, they're really close to us in the table and we need to see those teams as the teams that we get points off. I think, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot hanging on this. It's really important that we win. It's his old club. Uh, we need the points. So, yeah, there's a lot riding on it. I think he's going to give it everything. And we will discuss those uh, the, the fallout from both games in some form in our next episode or episodes. So Yes, we will. We will indeed. So the other news is that Shahan and I have joined the board of Bristol City Supporters Club and Trust um, as representatives of fan, City Women fans. So we'll be there to advocate for the interests of um, City Women fans on the board. And it's a really amazing organisation that, you know, has been in existence, well, I think since 1949, the Supports Club, isn't it? And then a supports, the, the trust was established in 2005, and then the organisations merged. But it's a brilliant organisation with a really big member base. And the um, Supports Club and Trust is really keen to engage fans of Bristol City women so please do sign up and become a member I think it's it's relatively cheap like 13 13 pounds uh, for a year membership and what that means is that you can join in member only events and our hope is that we'll be organizing some events with uh, through the Sports Club and Trust in the future so what's the website Shahan? Uh, the website DM is uh, bristolcitysupporters.org so um, have a a float over there um, and and check it out and um, I'm hoping as well that we'll get some people from the from the board to come on and and, and have a chat about its activities and history and also we should say thank you to Deb Stillworth of the Football Supporters Association shouldn't we for you know her work in setting up that relationship. We're gonna have good nights. You have been listening to episode 15 of the Bristol City Fixing Cast. The producer and editor was DM Withers. The music was by Annie Gardiner. The artwork was by Shahan Mir. And the woman who recently applied for jobs at England, Scotland, Wales, Team GB, Inter Miami, and Aston Villa was Nab Brown. Woo! Woo! And keep supporting women's football. <laughs>